if you blinked in the last 24 hours, this is what you've missed. What happened? Teams <laughs> shutting down till after Christmas because COVID oh. is running rampant oh. on the National Hockey League. Paul Maurice stepping down. Or did he? <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah. In the show as well. Luke Fox coming up momentarily to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And again, 24 hours ago, JB, we we're talking about how, how are the Leafs dodged this? Oh, with yeah. So many other teams. Uh-uh, not anymore. John Tavares, Alex Kerfoot added to the COVID-19 protocol list. We got Jimmy Rutherford coming up in the show. And Hall of Famer, Stanley Cup champion, Chris Pronger. Sheesh. We are jam-packed. And Doug McLean, of course, will put uh, a bow on all of this later on in the show. But okay, where do you want to start? Uh, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to make sense of, of any of this. I guess you got the big story is COVID. So let's start with, with COVID. Um, three games canceled. Number of hockey games is just one. Where are we at in games canceled right now, Kipper? Well, we're, we're, we're beyond that. We're down to teams shutting down. Entire like teams, yes. Colorado, Calgary. Uh, this is minute. This is second by second. Yeah. We Florida. may hear by the end of the show, if not by the end of the day, we may hear three or four more teams. It's not a given that the Toronto Maple Leafs will play Vancouver Saturday night. How about this? Is there any chance that the league is looking at this and saying we just need to take a moment here? Everything is open for discussion right now, and it may not be the league. It could be local governments, just Justin, that just say, uh, look, at how can you have Montreal with an empty building and another one with half? Like, the, you're, you're dealing, this may be out of the hands for for a lot of teams. And yet, south of the border... No, it's March on. All I hear is that the players aren't going to the Olympics. There's no chance. My understanding is prominent superstars, biggest names have already informed people of importance that unless things change where we hear we have more control on what happens to us, we're not going. Could they not have a private jet that they, you know, have a little sick bay that's, on the jet? That's up fly, to the government. Out of there. That's up to the government. I, I think, I think it's a possibility. And again, but it's a big ex, expense. Well, and where do you even start? Who do you, you say you got to talk to the government? What does that even mean? Like, what is the process of getting a private jet green lit to fly out of the Olympics into and out? That's of? against their rules. The, the the Chinese government. That's against China's uh, rules on on how they handle COVID. Boy, oh you, boy. You. So then they're going to need time to make these games up. We already said on the back end of the schedule, they're pretty compressed yeah. up against Summer Olympics and going long again. With the National Whatever Hockey League right now fighting to keep this thing going and not hit any pause, I, my understanding is an, an announcement on the players not participating could even come much sooner than then, January 10th. Wow. Yeah, that's how dire it is right now. So do not be surprised to hear anything, maybe even prior to Christmas or just after Christmas, that uh, it's it's a no-go and, and we're doing everything we can to still save an 82-game season. 
We got Luke Fox here. All right. Luke out of Vancouver, NHL writer for Sportsnet. Uh, Luke, wh where do you want to start, man? Uh, tell us uh, what you've heard and what's the latest out of Vancouver with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Oh, boy. Are you, in, are you in protocol? Uh, no, but I, I am alone in a hotel room, and originally I was supposed to be talking to you guys from uh, a rink at UBC where the Leafs are, were supposed to be practicing right now. Um, that got canceled for precautionary reasons with the Tavares and Kerfoot news. And it's, it's pretty crazy, right, because, you know, less than 24 hours ago, um, we were watching Alexander Kerfoot lead the stretch after they practiced for like an hour there. Um, and he was happy, you know, he's, he's getting ready for the one uh, game a year that he gets to play in his hometown. And he was all smiles and saying, welcome boys. And, and he was all excited. And then we went outside to do uh, media and talk to Tavares at, at distance, you know, we're, we're masked up and we're outdoors. Um, and he was talking about how, you know, it is unfortunate that, the fans got chopped in, in half um, back home in Toronto and that, you know, they, they were loving the full buildings. And But, you, ha you know, this is just part of the process and we can't control it um, and we're being safe. We're eating in our hotels. We're not going out for dinner on the road. The only time we go outside is to just grab a, a bit of fresh air for a walk and, and that's it. Otherwise, it's, it's rink, hotel and charter. Um, so they're, they're fo following everything and it still leaks in. I mean, it, it's almost unavoidable. That's, that's the scary part is that they did, they, they purposely waited to go to Vancouver because they know that there's a situation with the Canucks going on right now. And yet, you know, the last four days, these guys have been in the hotel room. Yeah. All they did was just jump on a plane and, and leave. And yet, Two guys now, and they're they're still waiting. Some of these teams aren't are, are almost delaying puck drop to hear results coming in. This this may be the case, Luke, tomorrow night against the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, no, there's there's this you know this thick air of uncertainty um, in this town right now, and we're all kind of on pins and needles. Like, is the next game going to happen? Is the next practice going to happen? You don't know. Um, so the Leafs are all getting, they all got tested yesterday. They're all getting another round of tests today. Um, and we'll see if there's any more positives in the bunch. And the thing is, like, th this felt like a tricky trip to begin with, right? Because they go to Edmonton, and Edmonton's had a bunch of positives. They're originally going to go from there to Calgary, and the Flames are just ravaged with positives. Uh, and then they come to Vancouver, with, and the Canucks have had positives. So it, it almost seemed um, impossible to escape it. You know, the Leafs, this is the first time it's touched them. But with it going around the league, it, it seemed almost inevitable. And then you look back home, and five Marlies, they just announced, are positive. Oh, now, my. the important... And the important thing to know here, guys, and that I, maybe isn't being talked about enough, but Sheldon Keith pointed out yesterday, is the vast majority are asymptomatic. It's not like these guys are actually sick. That's, that's the other thing that people should be uh, um, aware of. But it won't really matter. It, the attitude in the U.S. is much different than the one in Canada here. And that's the tricky part. And JB, did you not notice a NFL 
changing, mm. uh, softening up a little bit. Yeah, they're with, going the other direction where, you know, you're able to play within, I think, 10 days or even even sooner than that if you have a couple of negative tests um, after being, you know, after testing positive. So the NFL is just saying play on. I think looking more closely at hospitalizations and serious outcomes. You know, could you see a world where the NHL in, you know, a month or a month and a half says to themselves, boy, you know, like this is not people... <laughs> hospitalization rates aren't rising. We're going to just have to play ahead and maybe get people back into action a little bit sooner than we had been in, in the year before. I could see it. I wonder just how much Beijing has to do with it. You know, if, if they'd be testing as frequently, if there wasn't this possibility of trying to make the Olympics happen, um, because I think they were trying to be extra vigilant um, in order to meet the players request to, to go and, and participate so I wonder if either when that is canceled, that the idea of the NHL is going, or if the tournament goes on and after it, if they ease up a little bit. I mean, everyone in the league, save one guy, is is double vaccinated, um, and very few people are, are actually getting sick, these healthy, you know, young athletes. So I, I wonder if that's eventually where we're going, because when is this going to stop, right? Like the, the virus, you know, is, is going to keep circulating uh, and positives are still going to keep happening. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know where we would go from here, to be the, honest. The big difference between us and the NFL is they have no cross-boarding boarding issues. Right. That's where it gets tricky. Good point. And it was Sheldon Keefe who spoke of being caught away from your family mm-hmm. at Christmas. This this road trip doesn't end in Vancouver. And if it did, you can still get home. You want now we're talking about potentially going to Seattle and these guys testing positive and having to stay there over Christmas here. That's gotta weigh huge on all I of their if some minds. Guys would say I'm not gonna go. I don't know. You think that's weighing on these guys? Oh it, it it's weighing on them. Yeah. It's weighing on them. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, you know, so it, maybe if for the younger single guys that maybe don't think about it as much, but you know, there's there's a lot of veterans here with family. I mean, John Tavares has, has two young two young boys, right? Yeah. Um, and if he can't get on a plane now, like it, you know, it's some things are starting to feel a little bit bigger than than playing, uh, you know, game thirty one, game thirty two of the season. No, I couldn't agree more. It's uh, we're at a really weird cross crossroads here in the nhl um go ahead kipper are you okay on, yeah, on yeah. COVID? yeah i just want to get luke's your thoughts and i'm the first one to admit i i thought jason spezza was completely wasting his time to go to an appeal and he doesn't in get, fairness you were right they missed a game that was going to get played he doesn't he doesn't miss yeah and and factoring in what you just said he gains two games here uh, but what's the feeling out there have you been able to talk to jason no, uh, we've re- I've requested them uh, every day, and every day they say no. I think they're were, they were waiting for this ruling to come down. So we would have been able to talk to him today, finally. And I'd love to hear what he has to say because he's a thoughtful guy. Um, but since they canceled practice, um, we're, we're not anticipating the, them making him available. But uh, next time there is an availability, I'm sure he'll speak. Uh, so, yeah, I read Bettman's report, and it seemed to come down to two things. One was the fact that Spezza hadn't even had so much as a warning in his 19 years in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that he was a first-time offender. And the other big thing was 
Pionk's uh, injury situation. Uh, they factor in how severe the concussion was and how many games he missed. And basically, he only missed one game. He missed three, but he was going he was going to miss two anyway due to his own suspension. So um, had Pionk maybe missed uh, a you know a week or two, and it was a really serious injury, maybe they uh, Batman would have upheld it. But I, to be honest, I was shocked because. It's very rare that the commissioner rules against his own department here. Luke Fox, we'll let you get back to work. Uh, really appreciate your time and uh, giving us the latest out in Vancouver. Thanks, Luke. Yeah, f- fingers crossed we get a game Saturday. All right. <laughs> All right. I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. JB and Sammy, Gary Bettman ruled in favor of Jason Spezza. You know what I call that? What's that? A Christmas miracle! <laughs> right in the eye of player uh, safety, hey? Like, what What did Bettman see that they didn't see? Well, what, did I, what am I missing here? Aside from, and I say this with respect to player safety, uh, get it, Bettman got it right. We, we, that was never debatable. From the moment we saw it, we were going two and three games, maybe four. You can talk me into two or three because maybe it's a bit reckless at the most. The most. And everything that he talked about that Luke just reiterated in his report was said on this show. Mm-hmm. The, the, the only thing I said, and I based it on history. Mm-hmm. That's it. I was playing the percentages. Waste of time. Gary does not go up against his department. He supports it. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why I've said from day one. Do you think they, waste of time. Do you think they've had a conversation now where Gary said, guys, guy's never been warned in 19 years. How do you end up with six here? How do you not look at their six games to Gary's four and Gary doesn't say to them, you got it wrong. Well, and to be honest, if Gary's given him four, he's already played four. If he'd only played three, would Gary have gone down to three? Like, w- would it have been less for Gary? It is interesting that he's... Gary has reduced... Don't get me wrong. He has reduced, but it's been the big ones. It's been the Ravi 25 Torres. to 21 or something. I mean, and, honestly, don't know. And I think, you know, Rafi was a little tricky too. Uh, Tom Wilson is the last one that he, he went down on. Yeah. But uh, that, that only saved Tom Wilson money. It didn't get him his games back. Rafi Torres was just prior to the CBA being negotiated. Mm-hmm. So... Perhaps it was a little political ploy to say the system's working and I have done it and leave it the way it is in this negotiation. So I don't even factor that one. Okay. But as far as these ones that are, you know, four, five, six games, he doesn't go against his department. He just doesn't. And if it goes to an arbitrator, if he upholds it and goes to an arbitrator, Spezza has no chance to save any games, even with a cancellation of Calgary. Mm -hmm. Like this is... I'm sorry, but I I can't see how this bodes well for George Peros that Gary Bettman essentially saying... We do not agree. We do not agree. <laughs> Derek, that's your best time drop I was ever. Say, perfect time. <laughs> wow. Well <laughs> wow, that was awesome. So, hey, he's right. We had said that all along. We're talking about a guy that has an impeccable record. Two or three, I thought, was the number. Me too. Totally agree. Well, that, that is wild. Um, you know what I, I was thinking while hearing Luke talk? He's going, 
Alex Kerfoot was leading the stretch in Vancouver. And if you know how stretches are arranged for a hockey team, that means everyone circled up around Alex Kerfoot, the guy with COVID, who would be turning to face everyone to make sure they, they all got in his cloud of lung capacity. <laughs> like, of all people to lead the stretch that day, I cannot believe this is uh, going to go well for the Leafs. I don't think we've seen the last of positives here, is my I'm, point. I'm no epidemiologist here. What? I know, that may shock you. Yeah. But they practiced for an incredibly long time yesterday. Like, the reporters were saying it was a remarkably long practice. You know, there was a flood in the practice. Wow. Yes. So now, if you put two and two together, like you said, leading the stretch, playing, you know, it's not really the most, uh, the best circulated air on a hockey rink. You're kind no, of breathing in everybody actually, else's epidemiologists air. epidemiologists say that it hovers about six to eight feet off the ground. The glass keeps it in. It's perfect environment for it to just really thrive. I think we're going to, like you said, I think we may have a couple more Leafs added to the, the protocol list before, maybe even before the, this segment's done. Quite honestly, fellas, like, I just... I'm just so tired to talk about this. You it, know? May be, it may be down to 17 skaters. Five Marlies 16. tested positive. Guys, they share facilities See, with the Marlies. And and like, even this talk, I mean, we just briefly talked outside before the show started about, you, you, you mentioned taxi squads. They're useless, guys. They're useless. It's you're, just you're, sending more bodies at the problem. You're, you're sending, <laughs> it's, exactly. It's attrition. It's, it's, it's World War One. You're just inviting more guys <laughs> to get uh, to spread this thing wider. Not a bad point. It's it's yeah ridiculous now. It's so far beyond. Well, but when you say ridiculous, uh, getting, what are you supposed to do, Ken? Fresh bodies up. What do you want them to do, though? You know what you do? You just play until they tell you not to play anymore. Who's they? Local, Governments? Local government. Well, I think that's what right? they're doing, essentially. Exactly. They're they plowing on. They don't care whether you have three or four superstars out or not, whether or not you have to play with ten forwards and five defense. Bad, don't care. Is it bad that my gambling brain just went, oh, I got to take advantage of this? <laughs> you know? Just Wouldn't like, it be worse? At least when they're all full, you have somewhat of a of a feel for who's you're the right, favorite. You're right. You're totally now, guessing. Now you're just flipping a coin. Well, I will say last night I looked at the teams that were starting to have cases and bet against them, and sure enough, they had more guys out. And, yeah, it's not. not it's greasy. It's greasy to even discuss. Not proud of myself. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Two more games <laughs> on tap for the Toronto Maple Leafs. This weekend. What are we putting the chances at those games being played? Well, I, I love Kipper's point about Seattle. Yeah. Like, if I'm those guys, I'm John Tavares. I got two boys who I think his boys are like they're, four you know and two. You, you know what they're praying for? Christmas. Shut down. Yes, they want to shut they down. They want it. If I'm them, I, I might, well, Tavares, he's in Canada, so he's going to be presumably sent home. No idea how that works. But, like, I wouldn't want to go to Seattle. I'm not crossing the well, border. You can't, can't uh, you, you're going to just fly him home on a charter? I don't know. Can he fly? Right? I don't know what are you, you do, are you, man. You, you just jump on a the, commercial flight. Quinn, take a pilgrimage across right? Canada, he, drive to all the sites, drive yeah. home. An N9500 mask? What's you, what can like, you put on? You know, you're on a commercial flight from Vancouver to Toronto. You, you look next door. It was John Tavares. <laughs> He's coughing into like, his elbow. A I, I covered my mouth. I covered my mouth. Wait a second. Yeah. I thought I read something about that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Richie flew commercial out there. Richie's, Richie was not COVID, though. I know. Yeah. That's what I mean. But he just got on the, with the grate unwashed, flew out there. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, boys? Somehow I think you can sneak Nick Richie on a flight. Better than old Tavares? Better than Tavares. Yeah. I think. No, it's, well, but, but you're breathing that same air. Yeah. Like back in the day when they were smoking and non-smoking, I don't think there's a non-COVID section for Richie to sit in on the flight out. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. I well, just such a tough time to well, take. You guys remember we got to talk about sports? Vaguely, there was a window between other uncomfortable topics and and this. Yeah. Uh, the NHL is waiting on more results. Nashville has not been shut down yet, um, but that's not to say minute by minute. No. Second by second. Hey, is there anything funnier? And this is probably not funny at this time, but um, then Colorado being asked if they would like to continue on last night to get their asses handed to them. And they were like, yeah, let's play. Right before puck drop. And they're down nine guys, five to COVID and four to injuries. And they were asked if they want to do it. And they're like, ah, let's take our chances. You know, they didn't want to later in the season have to have their schedule condensed and risk injury at a worse time. And I guess that's it. But boy. So just some Ontario uh, news here, fellas. I bet that, it's positive. Yeah. Uh, Richard Southern just, uh, I just, uh, sorry, guys, give me one second. My page got refreshed. According to Richard Southern of 680 News, or sorry, of City News Radio 680, my bad. Uh, the Premier is expected to announce that indoor social gathering limits will be reduced from 25 to 10, and that 50% uh, capacity limit will be applied to all indoor settings, including weddings and funerals, max 10 at tables, bars, restaurants. Sources tell City News 680. So, theater. A lot of, I mean, theater. You're going to your friend's house across the street. Ah, I'm the 11th person. I'm cut off. I don't know. I appreciate them trying. That's good. There are rules, and some people listen to the rules. So, and, better than nothing. It's just about doing whatever you can to not spread it. That's Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And you can say what you want about asymptomatic, but they have to protect the spread. End the, of story. Yep. We got, thank goodness. Yeah, I know we need to thank talk. Thank goodness we else, got man. Chris Pronger on, Stanley Cup champion, <laughs> Hall of Famer. Um, where do you want to start, Prongs? Like you tell me. Uh, what, what's your view from 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 sixty thousand feet above? First of all, could you even imagine playing today under these circumstances? Oof, it feels like Groundhog Day. It, uh, just when you think it's going to end or we're going to get back to some normality, uh, now we got empty buildings again, and it, it just—I'm not—I'm very at a loss for words. But in this situation, uh, it is incredibly uh, odd, weird. Um, I don't know if there's the right adjective to describe what the pandemic, what coronavirus, what all yeah. this has done to sports, to life, to it's uh, it's pretty sad. It is. It's um, it's a weird situation, and I know you know everyone's worried about saying the wrong thing or being you know looking insensitive. But at some point here, um, it's been it's been frustrating. I think a lot of people. You know, a lot of people are over it, Prongs. Well, what are your thoughts on how the NHL has handled it? Canceling some games, not pausing the season. Are you okay with proceeding ahead under the circumstances? Well, I think for the integrity of the game, with the number of players that some of these teams have had out, uh, you, you have to. Yeah. You just have to. You, you can't play those games. It's just not fair to the other teams that are in playoff battles and, and things of that nature. It just... Um, it's unfortunate, and I don't know how some of the players that have gotten COVID, how they've responded, how they've felt. I don't know if the vaccine has made a difference uh, in some of them. I mean, you know, there's always outliers and always 
uh, whether it's athletes, uh, you know, people in general that are affected, aren't affected, or asymptomatic, you know, it just you don't really know. Uh, but again, as I said, there's always outliers and always uh, the non-compliant, if you will, of, of people that either feel it or don't feel it. And then there's also the, the cross-section of, of people that are highly at risk that, uh, you know, they literally need to live in a bubble, which is unfortunate, but that's how they have to live because of this uh, virus. Prongs Hall of Fame career, which also included uh, an amazing experience in international hockey, uh, the Olympics. For these guys today now, again with the uncertainty, and for perhaps maybe a Steven Stamkos who's waited 12 years for a chance to go over there. I mean, can you, can you sense on, on what that would mean to, for Stamkos if, if he lost a potential opportunity this season? Yeah, it, you know, I think you know, I think the whole Olympic thing has kind of changed over, you know, since 98 when we first went over as as professionals and uh you know, it's it, it obviously wasn't always a professional venue, uh you know, obviously amateurs and and whatnot. Um I feel for the kid. He you know, obviously the one year he broke his leg, couldn't play. Uh they go on to win gold. I believe that was in Sochi. Um and then and then haven't played in it since. And it, I, I, I just don't understand some of the, the logic. China going over that far is extremely difficult, poses a lot of problems. Uh, and then obviously you bring in a pandemic and what is it going to look like? Are you going to sit? I was actually listening to Ray Ferraro, uh, I think it might have been last week, talk about it. Sit in their rooms for three weeks straight or two, two and a half weeks straight. Uh, it, it, because of COVID, because of the pro- protocols that they're going to have in place at the Olympics. That the, can't be healthy. The, the, <laughs> I don't know much, but I do know yeah. that cannot be healthy. They haven't even been told which room it will be. They're, they're not, uh, it's not definitive if it's a hotel, a hospital, um, you know, a halfway house. They don't know. Yeah, uh, that's, and that's just it. It, it. There's a lot of unknowns still, how it all would play out over there. Uh, what do the logistics look like? Uh, it's just, it, it's a little bit of a nightmare, especially if, if there are injuries, if there, if you, worst case scenario, COVID protocols are brought into place. And are you confident that everything's going to be handled properly? You know, it just, you know, it's, it's China. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's yeah. a communist nation. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, 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 you know, it is what it is. So, um, uh, it, I would be nervous if, if I was one of the players. Uh, you certainly see why they want to go over and play in the Olympics. It, you know, it's a, a dream come true and an opportunity to win a gold medal. Uh, but having said that, there's a lot of uncertainty that plays into it that, that ultimately is going to be out of their control, but they do have control in, in whether they go or not. All right, well, let's kind of cheer this thing up in terms of where, like, what do you got going these days? Like, okay, you didn't try to start a travel business during the pandemic, did you? Oh, uh, you know, hey, <laughs> it's the best time to do it. That's true. 
So, <laughs> so I, I know you you dabbled a little bit with, uh, I think, even, you know, the NHL, the supplementary discipline. Uh, you had a stint with the Florida Panthers. So where are you exactly? Because all I know is you're on Twitter and your handle is <laughs> at Chris Pronger. And I can't wait to see what this thing brings me in terms of uh, looking through the eyes yeah. of Chris Pronger. I'm excited There's about your Twitter. Be- <laughs> There's going to be a lot of hurt feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hey, for all those people that want to throw rocks in a glass house, be careful. <laughs> very, very careful. <laughs> oh, the followers are just multiplying now. Is this a new thing? Is he a new ad to Twitter? Yes. Oh, uh, I joined yesterday. You, you well, did, actually, the day before yesterday. You didn't need much convincing. It's only been around for like 20 years now, 30 <laughs> years. Yeah, you know, you know. I wanted a number one. I wanted to get my head right. Number two, I fought it as long as I possibly could. But ultimately, it's the easiest and best avenue to get a legitimate point out, not to get out there and whine and complain and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just factual, try to be factual. Everything on there is obviously not, but uh, get your point across, you know, be more uh, proactive in responding to people and, don't um, you know? I get a lot of text messages, a lot of stuff. Now I can just say, "Hey, go check on my Twitter." Yeah, that's <laughs> no, great. Now, if you're trying to get your head right before you uh, you joined up, I'm glad you, you have it now because my mine's never been the same since I joined it. It's it's a war zone, my friend. Well, I, I think what you all have to realize is there is this giant block button. Yes, <laughs> you can use yes. That as liberally as you want. That's a great point. And if somebody wants to be, you know, I'm all for debate and and banter. But if somebody wants to be disrespectful, buh, bye. See ya later. So are we going to yes. get you uh, around? This is, seems like a step into a, more of a public limelight position. Is there a reason for that? Are you going to be back involved with the NHL here at some point? What are plans for you next? Uh, no. No, actually, oh. I, I just, you know what? I, I have no uh, aspirations of getting back in the NHL. I've When I left, I left. It would take something incredibly attractive uh, to want to come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was—I've been told pretty much what to do and what to say, where to go, how to for like 30 years, maybe longer. So I kind of had enough of that, and uh, you know, wanted to have my own life, live my own life, and kind of do my own thing. And um, you know, I get to eat what I want, (laughs) get to drink what I want, get to say what I want. I don't have to. Watch my P's and Q's because it might not sit well with ownership, with what have you. I can chime in on something if I want, and if I don't feel like it, I don't feel like it. That's awesome because now we can get to ask you and you can tweet uh, your thoughts on. (laughs) There you go. Real Kipper and Born correspondent Chris Pronger coming up. He's available. (laughs) So you, you, you did have a stint in supplementary discipline. Uh, in the NHL head office, so maybe you got some insight, but we saw Gary Bettman reduce Jason Spezza from six to four games. This just does not happen. I, I had said right from the get-go, uh, Spets, you're wasting your time, and yet uh, saves two games, eligible to play tomorrow night, uh, Saturday. So um, based on history, does, does that really surprise you to see Gary go down a couple of games here? I, I don't, you know, I, I, having not been in the the meeting and 
how they pitched it, how they, uh, you know, spun it. I don't know. I saw the play <laughs> um, in today's world. It looks about right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when we played, it was just another hit. Um, so it kind of is what it is. But uh, do I think there was intent? Sure. I, I do believe that. Um, you know, was he trying to hurt the player? Probably not, but he was trying to, but, let me rephrase that. I don't think he was trying to injure him. I think he was probably trying to hurt him a little bit just it, to let him know he was there. It, um, so, you know, sometimes you gotta, as, as Brian Burke always famously said, sometimes you gotta get a few speeding tickets. <laughs> no question, but it, it is, it is an incredibly hard job. You, you must have saw that and maybe ran from it as quickly as you could. But very seldom does does anybody feel like, hey, George, you're doing a terrific job. There's always somebody complaining <laughs> on this department. Well, you know what? It, if everybody is complaining, you're doing your job because nobody's happy. And that's actually a good thing. The, what, you know, the, the team side of the afflicted player is not happy. The team side of the suspended player is not happy. The NHL is not happy. The GMs aren't happy. The media is not happy. Fans aren't happy. I mean, if that's the case, then you are doing your job because if one side is happy and another side isn't, you've created some strife. If another side, you know, it just, if everybody hates you, which clearly when I was there, they did, and they still do now. <laughs> <laughs> It's never good enough, and I think you going into that job, you got to know it's never going to be good enough. There's always going to be a faction that wants stiffer, harsher penalties. There's always going to be a faction of, no, we like old-time hockey. And then there's going to be the side that's like, yeah, I agree, but not for my player. Yeah, that's you know, probably the most common I can't how many times I heard that. <laughs> you know, I do agree with you, but... You know, I really need the player to play, so can we just lower? Like, oh, my God, come on. <laughs> to do better. <laughs> you know, like, you can do better than that argument. Come on, yeah. please. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we're, we're not sure how much hockey you are, in fact, walking, watching, but we're a Toronto Maple Leaf show, and we'd be remiss if we didn't get your take on this year's Toronto Maple Leaf. Start of the season, 2-4-1, one, one fifteen of their next 17. Is this the year they look like a team that's any different, a team that could get over the hump and win a playoff round at least? Well, from what we know, uh, it's not we're not going to know a sniff until the playoffs actually begin. Yeah, because as we know, it's just two completely different seasons, and you could even break up uh, the regular season and the playoffs into thirds, and and you know they're feeling their way through, getting back, getting reacclimated, getting things going, then getting hot, then you know whether it's injuries, in this case COVID, whatever. Uh, how do they respond? How do players come up and play? Uh, how's the goaltending? You know, are they going to be able to score goals? Are they going to be able to defend? Uh, and a lot of those questions are not going to be answered until the start of the playoffs because teams are then going to ramp it up. And I've heard all the time, oh, the, the, the refereeing changes. Well, yeah, it does. So does the mindset of the player. Mm-hmm. Too much is on the line. There's too much to, to say that you're going to call which – I don't agree with a stick lift that happens to clip a guy's hand as a penalty in the playoffs is egregious <laughs> in my opinion, but that's the, the rule in the book. If it was to be called 
to the letter of the law, and, and, and there are a lot of rules in the book that aren't called exactly how they are written. Um, you know, it's the interpretation to a certain degree of the referee, but you got to feel for the game. And if a guy's lifting a guy's stick and it just happens to slide a little and clips the guy's glove, now they're, they're going to call that actually hooking? To me, it makes no sense. Good segue, because when I first heard that the National Hockey League was going to tighten up on cross-checking, I said to myself, somewhere out there is Chris Pronger laughing his ass off right now. And a lot of people with lower oh. lumbar pain are not. Hey. <laughs> and, and that's not because we have a history together, but somewhere out there, man, you must be missing a good cross-check. <laughs> you know, I think you can still, again, it's the gray areas. You have to learn and figure out how to get into the gray areas of the rule book. And I still think you could, you can't extend your arms, but if your arms are already extended and somebody skates into you, I think that's okay. <laughs> I'm with you. I love it that you're not and playing I mean, and you're still looking for loopholes. I've eaten mean, plenty from you. I always- I always look for loopholes. Yeah, I guess that's why they put you in the Department of Player Safety. In general, we're we're leaning towards the wrong direction because you know how there's talk that we want to change, like you know, assist to the you know the Gretzky Award, you know, change all the awards. I want. want to do that. I want. I want them to change the penalties. Like, I want two minutes for prongering. (laughs) That's what I want. That's that's where I saw things going. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? Uh, I mean, listen, if we're going to change the names of everything, let's change the names of absolutely everything. Yeah. So so that it can bring bring back the bygone eras of how certain parts of the game are played, good and bad, skill and not so skilled, however – some might argue that some of the physical parts of the game are skill, uh, depending upon who's uh, doing it. But uh, I, I, I do agree. I, I just I, I like your idea, Kip. We should do maybe throw a proposal in. I was thinking the NFL has those hey. segments that you got mossed, and we, we need some you got prongered. We'll just <laughs> run rolls of pronger of guys getting cross-checked in the lower back. <laughs> that would make for great TV. It would. The, I don't know if Bettman would like us glorifying the violence. But. The beauty is now uh, we, we can retweet each other. Oh, that's <laughs> just depressing, to be honest. He is. Send it my way. He is. Hey, what do you think of this? No, not too much, I don't think. <laughs> At Chris Pronger. Closing in on 4,000 followers. I got to get in. In just, what, 24, 36 hours, and it will only get better. I guess I better get more aggressive on my tweets then. It's coming. (laughs) For all of you listening out there, give them a follow. All right, Prongs, we'll let you go. We know you're a busy guy this holiday. Enjoy it. Uh, Stay safe, and we really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you. Stanley Cup champion. Hall of Famer, and one of the best. Like and you, I just... Well, you played with him in Hartford? I, really briefly. Yeah. And then I got moved to the Rangers, and then uh, yeah, just... Yeah. I taught him everything I knew for about four weeks. Yeah, that's important. Five weeks. And then, uh, you know, look what came about. If you took every player in NHL history and had a draft of guys you want on your team in the playoffs, like Pronger goes pretty high. Like, right after you take the Gretzky's, Lemieux's, and McDavid's and all those guys, 
like Pronger's up there I, for me as a defenseman. Like maybe the defenseman I want first in playoffs. He just, I always dreamt of him. He was the number one guy in that era on the Leafs. It's I like, always dreamt of him. Right? It's like, give me Bobby Orr and he, then Chris Pronger. He <laughs> was the meanest maybe. son of a you-know-what in he the was. world. And we don't have enough Maybe right. not any. Like, yeah, I think there's Radko Gudis. Radko Gudis is me. Oh, but you know, he's we're talking about. But he's not good. Stars. He's not the best stars. player in the league. He's not the MVP. He's not good as Pronger. Like, oh, for sure. I'm talking about feared. Scott Stevens, Chris Pronger, those type of guys that you make a mistake. Yeah. And this guy will just. He's the most feared guy in the NHL. It was Zidane Chara forever. I don't know if he still is. On the blue line, well, look at look at uh, what look at what Jacob Truba's done in a very short period of time. Like it's Certainly gone to another level. Up to stock, for sure. The back there, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, good on him. I know he's busy. He's got family commitments, but uh, he made time for us. So uh, we thank Chris Pronger. And one more time, at Chris Pronger, give him a follow, man. This is a legend. I, how do you get that handle? Like, you have to go to Jack at Twitter he himself. Someone. He <laughs> don't, can't you buy that stuff now or on the internet? I have no idea. I don't know anything about anything. I think he can afford it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. He made some bucks. Okay, quick break here. Uh, Jimmy Rutherford, president of hockey operations and interim GM of the Vancouver Canucks. And how are they rolling right now? Woo! Also, Doug McClain in the second hour. So we got plenty to go here. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, and you are listening to Real Kipper and Bourne.